0: This is episode 59 with Francesca Sitma. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey former Division I swimmer turned personal performance coach. Each week, it's my goal to bring you a unique story of an elite athlete's mindset to help you unlock and discover your life's potential. Today, I actually want to talk about breathwork. Francesca is a breathwork coach, and it's a little bit of a different approach to unlocking life potential and peak performance here. We talk a lot on her story and how she learned to trust her intuition and really trust what her body and gut was telling her to do in her life and what that meant for fulfillment towards her peak state. We also talk about how she's able to use breathwork to access that peak state or flow. So for all you athletes out there that are trying to seek that in the zone feeling, breathwork is a phenomenal practice to start implementing to help reach that state more often. Finally, one of the other topics we talk on is about how breathwork can be used for both trauma and emotional release. So we're talking stress, anxiety, and how we can use our breath to help get through these feelings together. I had the opportunity to work with her personally through the High Performance Lifestyle Training Summit with Brian Mazza a few months back. And I can say firsthand, she is beautiful at what she does. She has a gift in her talents. So episode is just a sneak peek into really the true power that she holds as a coach and in this breathwork space. And I can't wait for you all to experience it. So please welcome on Francesca. Francesca, thank you for coming on here. I appreciate your time. You're a beautiful human being. So I'm excited to share your story and kind of what you do with my audience. How are you? How are you doing today?
1: I'm feeling amazing. Um, it's Friday, so I have no complaints. <laughs>
0: there you go. And awesome. And you're coming in from Santa Monica, right? LA, California lifestyle.
1: Yes. Um, it's a beautiful day in quarantine in Los Angeles today.
0: <laughs> Just outside of DC, it's a little gray here. So it's starting to cool off. I can't complain. Hmm. I want to dive right into it and your journey, your story. I love how you transitioned from working in New York City, advertising, marketing, some of the top global brands there, and you've realized there that you wanted to find a deeper sense of purpose. You speak on experiencing a radical awakening that kind of led you to pursue seeking that sense of purpose. What was that for you? Is it a single event? Was it a series of events? Can you walk us through what that looks like?
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely didn't have an intention to find my purpose. I don't even think I knew what that was when I kind of went on the journey. I think that I had just fulfilled um, so many of my career goals living in Manhattan and being in that world. And when I got there, kind of to what I thought was going to be the top, it just felt sort of empty and I felt insatiable and I was like, how long am I going to keep kind of running myself into the ground chasing that next promotion until it's going to feel more meaningful or eventful. And you know, I remember getting the title account director on Google and I was like, okay, now I'm at the best agency, I'm at the top brand and I'm just really tired and exhausted all the time. This isn't it. So I decided to go client side and I was working for Bacardi and it was really glamorous for a while. We were like traveling all around the world and, you know, business class and we had, you know, the company condo in Bermuda and the corporate car and I was doing the thing and it only took a couple of months for me to be like, okay, I'm over this too. (laughs) So then I thought, I think I've outgrown New York City and I decided to make the move to SF and I thought that getting into tech and doing something more entrepreneurial would fulfill me. And to be honest, San Francisco was like rock bottom for me because I no longer had all of my New York distractions and my friends and the party and the work life that I was used to, and I kind of had to face myself. I had nowhere to go but in words, and I started staying home more and I started reading. And when I read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, he talked about observing our thoughts and witnessing our ego and getting really present in the moment and not chasing or having anxiety about the future and not being so stuck in the past. And that's when I was like, whoa, this guy's really onto something. And that was the moment for me where I started to really explore. I really started to explore. And he had a second book that he kind of um, recommended at the end of that one called Living in the Light by Shakti Gawain. And she talked about just feeling into our intuition, trusting it and acting on it. And the only thing my intuition wanted to do was book a one-way ticket to Bali. That's the only thing that was lighting me up. So I took that as my sign and I just did it. Didn't think about what was going to happen with my apartment. Didn't think about what was going to happen with my job. Just listened to my body. And I found a retreat in Bali that um, was all about breathwork. It was a seven-day breathwork retreat. And I didn't know what it was, but the writing was so similar to Shakti and Eckhart that I was so intrigued that, again, just listened to my body and I went for it. And when I discovered this practice, it was so mind-blowing to me. It was so beyond fascinating, which you've experienced yourself. Mm. It's like completely unexpected that I had no choice afterwards but to continue to pursue it. And it ended up unfolding as my purpose, but it wasn't intentional in the start
0: it's I think that's what's beautiful about it right is that it, it has just naturally organically come to you rather than you were chasing this thing and it's scary when you pause in your life and you stop chasing and you just tune in organically it's like oh I can't tell you what like look my life five years from now looks like but I'm just going to focus in now and like It will unfold and somehow that five-year vision is actually going to come true by just focusing on this.
1: Corey, you're giving me like goosebumps right now because we're only a couple minutes in and you're like hitting the nail on the head. That's exactly it. It was the first time in my life where I wasn't chasing anything anymore. I wasn't the one who was dictating what my ego thought success looked like or what my future had to look like. I was letting kind of the universe guide me and I was just taking the cues and I was doing my part by listening and taking action on each next step, but really just allowing myself to be in that uncertainty and that unknown and letting the magic kind of happen on its own.
0: Yeah, I, st- I talk a lot on here actually about <clears throat> stepping into the unknown, the power mm-hmm. of that space and just trusting that it's going to happen. From an athletic standpoint, it's trusting the preparation, it's trusting all that. And when the competition, the, the time comes to showing up, you just do it and you don't overthink it. And that's when the best performances come in. That's when we can experience flow. I love how your journey took you to Bali and you know, ultimately India and Peru and all, really all over the globe. What did those experiences teach you about the, really the true power of connecting to your breath and in turn, how we can tap into our subconscious mind and unleash that potential?
1: Oh my goodness. I mean, each place I went to had such a vastly different experience. And I think starting in Bali and learning breath work, I had gone in feeling very self-aware. I was like, I've been in therapy. I am I have a high degree of awareness. I know where my patterns come from. I understand my relationship to my parents. I understand how I'm repeating this behavior. I know what the void is. But when I went into breath, it was exposing a level in my subconscious that I couldn't consciously activate. I couldn't get to. And I was like, oh, this isn't from when I was 17. This is from when I was four. And I'd be like, whoa, what is that? You know? And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm not actually angry. I'm really sad. So it was going such a level deeper that I couldn't get to in talk therapy. And I get, couldn't get to by intellectualizing or by reading books. Um, it was going. The breath was taking me so far beyond that. And you know, I was so curious. So I kept going to different workshops and classes and retreats around the world. Cause I was like, is this real? Like, is this really happening? And do other people have this experience? So I went to all these group classes and I was listening to the shares and it's like, we were all getting there. We were all like seeing ourselves as like seven year old boys and girls. And like, this was the event that shaped this behavior and this was the reason that this pattern developed. And you know, Again, I was just trusting my intuition, trusting the next step. And somebody was like, Oh, you would really, you know, love India. And I was like, Okay, that must have been a sign from the universe. (laughs) I booked a ticket to India. But in India I started just exploring more of like Kundalini Tantra and Ayurveda and I wanted to know everything. I wanted to know if breathwork was the most efficient and effective modality. So I better explore and self-experiment with a lot of different modalities. So I went to Peru and I tried plant medicine. I did ayahuasca in the Amazon, which was absolutely insane. And then I did a 10 day silent Vipassana to see if I could access those same states of consciousness. And then I went back to Bali and went to all the energy healers and I went to a hypnotherapist and I tried everything. Really, as like research, but also as for my deep work, for my self discovery. And every place taught me something different. I unraveled a new layer, I got new insights. Um, but at the end of the day, the thing that I found to be most powerful, natural, and where I could connect the dots to transcend a behavior was breath work.
0: I love that. And I think you and I both got into what we do now with coaching through our own experiences Mm -hmm. and now it's just a matter of taking those experiences and helping other people navigate what they're experiencing and we're just serving more as a guide rather than a like we know all the answers we're just like hey try this out.
1: Well, you know, what's interesting about breath work is, you know, I read like a hundred books that year that I had traveled and I thought I did know a lot of answers. <laughs> but when I went into the breath work, it is so intuitive and it's so based on our own experience. And I realized that each individual person has the answer. Like you have the answer inside you. I'm just here to help guide you to take out the blocks and the barriers and the coping mechanisms and the defense strategies and the ego to get back to your core, to get back into alignment so you can hear the answer.
0: Mm.
1: So everyone's their own healer. We're just kind of here to help guide, you know?
0: Yeah. No, that's beautifully said. It's, there's power in trusting yourself, right? Like that's where the confidence comes from that you need to perform. That's where you just – everything works when you trust yourself, but we like to tell ourselves all these stories of why we shouldn't trust our intuition. And why it just doesn't make sense right now?
1: Well, I think that fear has just accumulated through different life events and through what we perceive as, you know, rejection um, that creates the doubt and the fear. And then you just second guess yourself and it becomes a spiral. There's a moment where I think for me, I had to really um, break that pattern, break that cycle. And the stronger my intuition got, the easier it was for me to trust.
0: Mm. That's powerful. It's powerful stuff. Um, You said it earlier. I was also a little skeptical of breathwork when I first heard of it. I was like, this is just one of those things you read about for the hippies. And it's (laughs) like, no, it doesn't make sense. But the deeper I dive into this realm, too, of just peak performance personally and coaching others to do the same is I see the purpose and the power behind the sessions. I've been fortunate enough to have experienced one or two with you. For those not familiar with breath work, how would you best describe it? Or what should they expect in a session?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different forms of breath work now. I think it is really starting to take off. Um, but the style of breath work that I teach is a conscious breath work. So we use circular, connected breathing to this more evocative music that's really designed to get you out of your head. It's designed to kind of get you out of those perpetual thought loops and the monkey chatter and the fear-based ego and get you back into your body, into your intuition, but really to access the subconscious mind because that's the storehouse. I mean, that's where all the juicy stuff is, like where our behaviors and values were really shaped. And if we want to create sustainable change, we have to go to the source. We have to heal it from the root So this style of breathwork was really derived from what's called holotropic breathwork that was created by a clinical psychologist named Stan Groff, who used to study LSD in the sixties and When he came against, you know, some financial and legal challenges, he developed a more natural way to access those altered states. And he found that through accelerated breath to this primal music, we could shut off the front part of our brain, start to activate and stimulate different insights, get into some memories and clear that suppressed emotion and stagnant energy from your body. And it's wild. I mean, I could talk about this all day, but it's nothing compared to going into a session and experiencing it on your own. Like, it really is. And I find that with a lot of students who are like, oh, my God, that was crazy. I want to tell all my friends to come do this. But you can't articulate it because it's an experience, you know. It's such a physical, emotional, and mental experience that it's really hard to intellectualize. But that's really kind of the point of it to me. It's like it's going beyond just intellectually processing. And it's experientially and emotionally releasing. And that's why it's so powerful.
0: Yeah, I I relate it similar to being in the zone and like that performance zone right of just you there's part of that and people listening in could probably resonate it resonates with them you step out of that conscious behavior of like this is happening and you just kind of like it just happens in a way and
1: oh i love that
0: it's hard i love that you're
1: saying that no yeah it is but you're right like and i've been I've really been passionate about guiding breathwork for flow state because I just think it's so optimal. I mean, to get to that highest state of consciousness where things are just effortlessly flowing and you're making these new neural connections and you're accessing this heightened clarity and heightened creativity. I mean, oh my God, that's so exciting. That is the peak state. So to be able to access that with your breath is so profound, but it is a bit more of a craft. You know, I think the most popular styles of breath work right now are more for emotional release. There's a lot of like trauma healing. There's a lot of addiction recovery. It's a lot about anxiety and stress. Um, I love guiding for flow because I like to optimize business ideas. I like to help people figure out how to monetize, how to scale to tap into those reserves and make new connections. I mean, it's just so exciting.
0: Yeah. I, I get giddy and like the goosebumps yeah. just thinking of the zone because it's <laughs> It's that like sacred state that we all are chasing. How, I guess you just touched on it a little bit. How can tapping into your breath really help both current and maybe even former athletes just improve their performance?
1: So it's interesting when I think about improving performance um, for athletes, because I think what people are starting to notice now is how interconnected everything is. Like your physical, your emotional, your mental state, it's connected, right? Even your financial stress, how it plays out in your relationship, how your relationship plays out in your work, your family, all of these things are connected. So if there's an area in our life where we're not processing, we're not feeling, we're distracting from, we're avoiding, it's going to affect the other areas. You're expending energy to distract and to suppress rather than letting your energy flow for heightened states. So I think for athletes, it's so important for them to realize that all these components are connected. And when you heal one area of your life, you're opening up that energy reserve to channel into higher performance, higher levels of energy, immunity, clarity, all of the high vibe stuff. So it's like, you know, I try to explain to people, we have to go back into our past sometimes and we have to do some of the deep emotional work so that we can get clearer in business. Sometimes they don't see that direct link, but when you've actually been doing the practice consistently and you see all the areas of your life start to shift, then you become a believer.
0: I was about to say, I can personally speak to your ability uh, to help break through mm-hmm. those mental barriers that I didn't even realize existed and realized yeah. they were holding me back. I think back to, it was I was introduced to you through Brian Mazza and the uh, High Performance Lifestyle Training Summit that he put on. And it was funny looking back on that session now, about five minutes in, I found myself crying and releasing my need to be a perfectionist and the desire to always just show up and be the person with all the answers. So first off, thank you for that.
1: Thank oh God, of course.
0: Yeah, and second off, one thing that you said that really resonated with me at that session that day was that one 30-minute Breath of Work session like that I experienced with you is equivalent to years and years of therapy. How is mm-hmm. how is that possible? I'm curious. I've been dying to ask you.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you think about going and talk therapy, you become aware. You become aware of, you know, some of your patterns, some of your behaviors. And that's amazing. I mean, I think it all really starts with a level of awareness and wanting to change something or feeling that something's off. But oftentimes, and I mean, I know in my experience and with a lot of my clients, it's like we talk about things and we just go in circles. And it's like, okay, well, now what? It's like I was in therapy. I knew that I was attracted to emotionally unavailable people, but I was still going out with them years afterwards, you know? So the reason that breath work is so much deeper is because we're using our breath to access and get into our nervous system and clear out the energetic patterns. If you've been doing something for decades, like that is wired in your nervous system. It's wired in your brain. To habitually react in that way but when we get to the root with our breath we dissolve the emotional reactivity and we release that energy from our body so that we can choose differently and it doesn't feel like we're climbing you know uphill and swimming against the current because we've released the charge that deep emotional charge from our body so the shifts that people see i mean it's been wild it's been wild to see some of the breakthroughs that people have in just one session but especially the people who come back consistently they do not make the same decisions anymore they're not living out of that same fear they don't have that same you know daddy issue that seemed impossible to get through they're able to leave unhealthy relationships i mean it's profound
0: yeah, it's and it's like everything right one time it, <laughs> it does you some good but like yeah it's the consistent work tapping into it the better you can get and I've always been in tune with my breath my background's in distance swimming so that was I knew that I could control my breath to control my heart rate to then control my output and like consciously like maximize Mm -hmm. performance that way I think it's so fascinating just the extent of what breath work can do beyond just that moment that I'm physically exercising.
1: Oh, it's wild. And I mean, there's so many different techniques. Like if you look at pranayama breath work or kundalini or Wim Hof, and it's like, some of it is for energizing. Some of it is for calming. Some of it is for sleep. I really try to curate my experiences to break psychological patterns. To me, if we can get to the root of some of those behaviors, then we can unlock our potential to be our greatest selves, to get into alignment with who we're, who we're meant to be and to fulfill our life's purpose. Like that is just a level of meaning and freedom and peace that I mean, I've just been so lucky to be able to experience and I feel like it's my duty to help facilitate that, to help get other people into that state.
0: Yeah. When, I think when you experience that in your life and you invite it in, you just you just feel better we experience more high vibe obviously but it says a lot about you that you are now willing to take your experiences and pay it forward to the next group obviously your work is needed in that sense i want to talk to you about your unblock your purpose coaching your group coaching what goes on in that program
1: oh my god you know it kicked off this week and it's i have very high expectations for myself um and (laughs) completely blew my mind. It's been I created this course to help people unblock their their purpose, to clear out the subconscious beliefs, you know, those limiting beliefs that have been holding them back, to get rid of the fear of uncertainty, the self-doubt, and then to tap into their skills, their creativity, to find what it is that really lights them up. And in the last month, we also do um, up-leveling relationships, so creating more intimacy and polarity as well. So it was like very carefully designed and curated with, again, like 100 different book concepts and my experiences around the world and through these lessons and journals and and my vocal cues and the music. And I put everything into it and went into the first session hoping that it was going to go well and the breakthroughs and the revelations and the insights, like it just broke me open on another level. And I was like, Oh wow. Like I feel like I'm living my purpose on an even higher level now to be able to curate this experience for people. Some of the stories that were shared were just so moving and I found myself the next day, You know, the next morning I woke up thinking about that first night and I was like, I went to my breathwork practice because I do it every day and I was bawling. I was just like sobbing, crying and breathwork out of gratitude for this experience and being able to organize and facilitate what I've learned in an effective way. Um, so my goal is at the end of this 12 weeks, like those you know, 12 people that are in my first course are very clear on their purpose and they have the courage to be executing on it.
0: I love that. And you have a beautiful gift. And so it's, it's great to see you sharing it with the world. And I'm even happier that you are grad, obviously grateful for the space that you created. I think you do such a good job because you thoughtfully create that space, whether it's from the people that you are inviting in, but you do a very good job of just creating a space that people can be vulnerable, and but feel okay doing so. So I want to acknowledge you for that and appreciate yeah. you for that.
1: Thank you uh, so much.
0: Of course, of course. Posing, is there one more thing, anything else that you'd like to add value here?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, specifically for athletes and for high performers and high achievers the one thing that i've noticed and this is obviously for me starting with doing my own work is that a lot of that achievement came from that's how we obtained our worth like we felt worthy through accomplishment through productivity through doing versus being So if you're constantly doing it because you need recognition or for validation, then there's something that is a little bit disconnected and there's something to explore there so that you can get back into alignment and again, charge up your energy so that you're doing it out of fulfillment and out of meaning and because it really resonates or connects with you. So that's the most common thing I found with, you know, achievers and performers is making sure that we have innate value and worth in ourselves, in who we are. And it's not because of how much we lift or how fast we swim or any of those external things. We really need to fulfill that internally first and then pursue those different passions and live our purpose.
0: That hits home because there's been points where it's... (laughs) You know what I'm doing. I realize I stop and realize, I'm like, why am I really doing this?
1: Yeah.
0: Like, am I doing yeah. am I doing this workout right now for me, or is it for something else? And when I another reason, whenever I catch myself when it's that other reason, I have to pause and take a step back, and it's something I'm working on and getting better at. Um, but when I can catch myself and reevaluate, and then make some tweaks and changes. It's life changing how much more aligned you feel. And the quality of what you're actually doing too increases.
1: And you and it's so great because you start with that awareness, right? Like you recognize, like, oh, this time I'm pushing myself really hard. And it's not because I need to, it's because my ego is activated. Mm-hmm. And then you bring a little awareness to that, and then you breathe out, you breathe out the habit. You breathe out what's coming up in your nervous system. Because even if we're aware of it, it doesn't necessarily change our emotional reactivity. It's still like show up perform you have to be the best like this is how you get recognition like this is how you're great you have to be told that you're this so we have to breathe out we have to breathe that out regulate our nervous system to start to feel safe and secure in who we are and then it feels like we're doing these actions more in alignment It's yeah, the I same
0: think... go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say the, the biggest breakthrough. For me personally, I think looking back on athletics, especially because I studied a lot of nervous system, my background's in exercise science, kinesiology. was it was, cool, it was one thing to learn about it, right? But it was even cooler to realize that you could control it. And that's where the power is. It's When you realize you have control over the, flight, the fight or flight, response that your body naturally goes into. And some people are better at it than others. It's why someone like a Wim Hof can go and sit in ice baths for Lord knows how how long. It's incredible.
1: Your breath is so intrinsically connected to your emotions too. Like if you ever notice when you get scared, you're holding your breath. Mm. When you get anxious, it's shallow, shorter breathing. So even just by extending your inhales, just becoming mindful of your inhale, your exhale, making the exhale a little bit longer, you'll start to regulate, you'll start to calm down your body. So it definitely is something that's in our control. Um, It's just about, you know, I think for a lot of people, the readiness, the desire to create the change Mm -hmm. because we can tell people all day, but until they're in that place where they're kind of like sick of their own bullshit, (laughs) it's gonna be hard to get people to practice anything consistently.
0: Yeah, I had a coach on here actually um, in closing. He was a, he's a swim coach locally here, age group swim coach. And he's teaching his like eight, nine-year-olds how to box breathe. And they do box breath between like effort repeats. So instead of putting it on a time-based interval like most coaches do, he has them do a four-by-four of box breathing. And he was like, it's crazy. These eight and nine-year-olds are responding so well to it. And the consistency of their efforts, like time-wise, is improved significantly. And the effort, because like their effort level has dropped down in the sense of like, they don't have to try as hard to go as fast. They're not spinning their wheels and not catching anything. They have now become just that much more efficient because their nervous system is in tune with the, you know, the performance that's going on.
1: That is incredible that he's teaching that at such a young age. I mean, as someone who reads like every business leadership book and it's all always about perseverance and tenacity and dedication and commitment and all the things, what I've really found is the game changer is self-awareness and emotional regulation. You know how to regulate your nervous system to calm yourself down in those high pressure moments? when the doubt starts to creep in in order to act anyways, I mean, that, that is just such a game changer.
0: I think that's the perfect way to wrap things up. That's, I mean, (laughs) get in tune with your breath, get in tune with your emotions, yourself, and you ultimately control all the outcomes in your life.
1: You're in control of your own life. I believe that 1000%.
0: Where can those listening in, Learn more about you, keep up with you as you're helping these 12 folks go through and discover their purpose.
1: Yeah, uh, they can definitely follow me on Instagram. So it's just at Francesca Sitma. And I'm always posting if I'm doing any workshops or one off classes. And then the next course is going to be launching in January. So definitely look out for that. Um, And then also, if you just want to learn more about breath. You can go to my website and it's francescasitma.com. And I have a couple videos on there that talk about the practice and the benefits of it.
0: Beautiful. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Francesca. Like I said, she's got a gift for being able to share her talents in a way that we can all benefit. We, biggest takeaways here, honestly, from this conversation for me personally, were how breath can be really used to unblock our subconscious and really reach that peak performance state. I think life optimization for peak performance includes an all-encompassing strategies and really thinking outside of the box. And what we touched on towards the end there I think is huge is we're really talking about emotional fitness. And this breathwork is a phenomenal way to help you actually train that emotional fitness side of things in your life. If you're able to control your reactions in a way that... Don't put you in a compromising situation, but rather a situation to help you thrive under stress, thriving under these big events, whether they're big swim meets or big games or, you know, big board meeting or sales call. Being in control of your emotions is really what allows you to reach that peak state. So I really hope you all take that away and start to implement these few little breathwork tips that she provided into your day to day life, because it could be really transformational in helping improve your overall performance if you haven't done so already i really highly encourage you to share this episode with a friend a family member or a teammate who could also learn a little bit more about that emotional fitness side of things and how breathwork can tie into their performance follow me on instagram at corey camp to stay up to date with all of our latest episodes and remember if you can change your mindset You can change your life one thought at a time. I will see you all next week.